0: Are you tired of ticket fees? Pay the price for your ticket that is advertised and not a penny
1: more. Go to TixSplits.com. That's T-I-X-B-L-I-T-Z.com. Fantastic prices on all sports and concert tickets. Guaranteed seats, no fees. TixSplits.com. That's T-I-X-B-L-I-T-Z.com.
0: To another episode of Halitech Hall. Good evening, Mr. Halitech. How are you, sir?
2: Hey, I, I wish it was, uh, uh, well, you know what? It is. It's Victory Monday. Yeah. I really like that. Uh, <laughs> yep. This is the, the first time the Halitech Hall show has ever been recorded on a Monday. And, um, you know, it's it's a great day when you wake up Monday morning and see your favorite team in first place in the NFC north division here how have you been man
0: doing great man um you know five and one and uh set number two seed in the nfc undefeated in the conference uh you know so it's really not much more the bears could ask for right now uh, of course bears twitter will tell you different but in reality uh we're doing just fine
2: yeah, Greg Gabriel, uh, the former uh, scout for the for the Bears, uh, is just flabbergasted. I for lack of a better word about what he sees on Bears Twitter. And you know he's he's absolutely right. Uh, and and it goes for the talking heads in and around Chicago sports as well. In fact, I was listening to the Mully and Haw Show this morning. Uh, between seven and eight on my way into work. And I I literally had to turn the the station and and put on my iPod uh, and uh, listen to some music on the rest of the way into work, because it's just ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's what they do, you know, so it's fine. Um, You know, it's uh, no matter what, there'd be something that they're going to chew on. And that's, that's how they make their their business, and, you know, we, we're in the same kind of mode uh, talking about it. We don't try to, you know, have the same exact, uh, you know, uh, points of view, but, you know, it is what it is. I'm not, you know, yeah. song as old as time.
2: Yeah, you're absolutely right. And, you know, and on this show, we get people with varying opinions, and, and you and I have different opinions from time to time, but at least we're gentlemen enough to discuss it. Uh, right. Speaking of a gentleman, we are so proud to have on our show once again the one and only Greg Braggs. He's now uh, kind of doing his own thing uh, with a live broadcast called Brags in the Stands. Bragsy, good evening. How you doing, my friend?
1: I'm doing good. We're wrestling our uh, two and a half year old to sleep. Normally, she's down, been down for 30 minutes, but as she's getting older. Now she's got more energy, and she's a lot like me as far as energy and you know uh, just going crazy all day long. So uh, she, if, if you hear her screaming in the background, don't <laughs> worry, she's just up there having fun watching minions or whatever she's doing. So I apologize for that, but other than that, I'm doing great, guys. Uh, the Bears are five and one, and yeah, I'm not like the talking heads on you know six seventy and ESP one thousand or on Bears Twitter. I'm enjoying this, you know. Uh, we all had our opinions on how the Season should go before it started, but all of that stuff's out of our control as fans. We can talk about it all day long who the quarterback should be, what Nagy should do, this, that, and the other. But when you win games, for me as a fan, that's all I want in the immediate future. Would I want a dynasty like the Chiefs or the Patriots? Of course. But with this current team, I'm not expecting that. I would just want, I mean, it's like going back to as a Cub fan when I waited so long for a championship there. I'll just take one at this point, then we'll worry about dynasties and, and greatness and everything else. And, you know, I think fans get so caught up with wanting to be like the chiefs. When you see teams like the, the Broncos win it all, the Eagles win it all, you know, the Ravens win it all with Joe Flacco. You can win it all more than one. You don't have to have Patrick Mullins to win it all. So, well, you know, this team's five and one, they're in a very winnable NFC. You know, they're sitting pretty right here. Let's see where they can go. I'm excited for this.
2: Absolutely. We've talked about this on previous episodes, uh, Braggsy, and I'm gonna hit you up with this uh, because we talked we actually talked about this in depth last week's episode. So if you didn't listen to last week's episode, shame on you. But we had Lester <laughs> we had Lester Wolfong, uh the, the yes. editor in chief of Windy City Gridiron uh with us last week. And, and and I'm gonna hit you with name this team. Okay, this team. The first five games of the regular season. Game one, they fell behind 28 to 17. Game two, they only scored 20 points. In game three, they fell. They fell behind 17 to nine. In game four, they fell behind 10 to nothing. It was so bad in that game that the Bears were outgained 124 yards to four. Yards Jeez in the really. first quarter. And in game five, they fell behind twelve to nothing. Name that team. And it's I a Bears mean, team.
1: Okay. So if it was a Bears team, I don't know. Uh I, I just by it's been a long time. I was only two months old for the nineteen eighty-five Bears, but I'd be if I, I was a betting man, I think you're leaning towards that's who the that was. Am I correct? You, you're exactly correct. So congratulations, okay. now man. the team that this team reminds me of is the 2001 bears. That's what they remind me of. They remind me of, you know, that just those miracle wins to start the year, the two comeback wins that you never see in a million years. And we've already had two of them in the first four games or when it was, they remind me of the 2002 or 2001 bears. When Mike Brown had two pick sixes, they had a great defense. They had a veteran quarterback that's kind of what these guys remind me. Obviously they were a more run centric team. And this team is obviously not that at this point, but just kind of that simplistic football lean on your defense type of team. That's, that's kind of how
2: I see this team right now. Can I make you both jealous? Absolutely. I was at the Cleveland Browns game. Oh man. You know, the first
1: (laughs) game I ever went to, was the the first game I ever went in the stands for a game was the Keith trailer, 90, 80, whatever yard interception return against the Jacksonville Jaguars when they clinched the division in their last regular season game oh, of the last that, game of the of, year. Yeah. Of that season. And it was the last regular season game in the old soldier field. It was actually their last win in the old soldier field. Cause the next game was the playoff game against the Eagles that they yeah. lost. So, so uh, yeah. It was good memories. That's what this team reminds me of. Is that that season, you know, just kind of everything goes their way. They fall, fall into the playoffs. Obviously I hope their end of the road is better than what we've than what that team had. But you know, you know, you never know until we get there. Let's get there.
2: Absolutely. I'm a little segue where um, it's a little bit off track, but, but this is kind of interesting. So in the 2001 season, the Bears' last regularly scheduled game of the the regular season was against Tampa, okay? So my youngest son was 13. So I bought tickets for that game thinking it would be the last game played at Soldier Field, and this is the reason why. In 1970... The Bears played their very last regular season game at Wrigley Field. Oh, okay. I was 13, and I was there. Wow. So oh. that's why I bought tickets for the Tampa game, you know. And I, I had this great big long letter written for my my youngest son, whose name is Adam, uh, and of course, uh, it it all kind of went up in smoke because. There were not only not only was there another regular season game played because of the Jacksonville game was postponed because of 9-11 that year to the end of the season. And then they just shortened the playoff time by eliminating uh, the week between the conference championships and the Super Bowl to slide in that regular season game at the end of the year. So they ended up playing two more games. But you know what? As a dad, I gave it a hell of a shot.
1: Yeah, no, that's amazing that you were able to see uh, the Bears play at Wrigley Field. That makes me very jealous. Uh, that had to be a pretty cool experience. Probably kind of crazy to look at Wrigley Field nowadays without, yeah. you know.
2: You know, and ironically, we're gonna we're gonna actually talk when we get a little bit later in the in the show. I'm gonna talk about the very first game I can remember uh, being in at Wrigley Field when the, when the bears were playing at, uh, when they were playing back in the sixties. So, uh, yeah, I'm an old fart, but you know what? I'm (laughs) I'm a life, I'm a lifelong bear fan. And there's a ton of useless knowledge between the six ears between each ear, but I love to share it on this. Yeah. You
1: gotta, you gotta pass it on to us and see if I retain any of it. And maybe I'll pass it on to somebody else. I hope, I hope that you can. I'm working on it.
2: So, uh, so you know what the, uh, Uh, The Bears won ugly, uh, which is that seems to be their MO this year is winning ugly, but at least they got off to a, to a, a a quick start uh, because the, uh, the defense struck hard and struck fast.
1: Absolutely. You know, uh, this is no surprise to me. This is how every Bears team has been my entire lifetime. I mean, I'm 34, so I've been watching them steadily for 25 years and this is how they always win. This is no different. I know it's frustrating, but it's like, surprise, surprise. Every five years we have a year where everything falls our way. All the injuries, you know, Christian McCaffrey missed the last game, all the little breaks. Then we stack up the wins and we may not necessarily start out a good football team, but as you start to win games, you start to build confidence and momentum and you can play a little more aggressive because your season's not on the line. You know, you saw it, as you said, they that uh, earlier in the show, the defense actually got to have a little bit of a lead. Wait till they do that consistently. Maybe they'll start creating more turnovers. You know, it's like, it's a snowball effect. That's what the 2018 bears became. And then this team can absolutely become that they're off to a great start. They, w- w- they win ugly, sure. But to me, it doesn't matter how you win style points. Don't mean anything. And being the best team in football in October doesn't get you anywhere. Being the best team in December and January is what counts. And for this team, you just got to hope they catch lightning in a bottle. You know, I mean, they're not, they're not the chiefs. They're not, they don't have Tom, they're not some dynasty conglomerate. They have an opportunity to get to the playoffs and get hot at the right time. They actually have a quarterback that was a case in point example of how you can get there and get that done. So, you know, I'm just hoping they can get there and like, you know, let that opportunity present itself and see, see where we're at then. You know, you're going to need a healthy, healthy roster. you know, we, Already don't have any Goldman in the middle. So you can't afford to lose anybody. I love how aggressive, how, you know, this defense just looks badass right now. So I'm, I'm, I'm thinking they, they can be, you know, even better than what they were in 2018, but it's
2: all about staying healthy. And I can't predict that. Nobody can, you know, uh, Aaron, uh, you know, Greg mentioned how dominating this, this defense was. So, uh, let's take a little, little look Four sacks. Three takeaways. The first interception set up the first TD, uh, which was uh, by Gibson uh, off a tip from Jalen Johnson, who, despite getting called for some uh, uh, bogus in, uh, interference calls, one of the two were was terrible. In fact, it it took away what should have been another pick six for uh, for Eddie Jackson, and the last interception sealed the victory. When Houston Carson made a great play on the ball. So, you know, Greg's right. The the defense was absolutely dominating the way they dominated back in 2018.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think I want to see some more people give Pagano some credit. Um, you know he's constantly getting maligned as not being as good as Fangio and and we keep trying to act like the defense isn't any good unless they have 2018 splash plays touchdowns our standards have become so ridiculously high for defense in Chicago but after 2018 that we've kind of been unfair to this defense they've been you know they've been on the field a lot they've been you know, they haven't played with leads and they have no crowd to juice them up, you know, which I think on defense is a, is more of a disadvantage than anything. I mean, I think a defense can get juiced up by the yeah, opposing cro- by the opposing crowd especially. So these guys have had to make their own juice, which is not easy. And they've been doing it, you know. And you've you've got Robert Quinn, who still isn't playing a ton of snaps, but every snap that he's playing right now is getting closer. To being the guy that they signed, the 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 guy that's almost as relentless as Khalil Mack, and so you know there was I think one of the best moments of that game was when uh, Quinn came on a stunt and him and Akeem Hicks almost met right at. Uh, Bridgewater, but he ducked under and then he went right in the arms of Khalil Mack. And it was just like, yes, there is the three, the three, the rule of three. And th- that's what we want to see is those three guys just wreaking havoc. Nope. And, and that's exciting. You know what I mean? And, and if you're a normal Bears fan, you should see that and forget all about the quarterback crap, because that's what we live and breathe and eat that kind of stuff. You know like we don't know anything about great quarterback play we just want to see the quarterback get hit
1: (laughs) you know and like so everybody should get excited absolutely and as I kept saying give this defense a lead once in a while they didn't have one all of 2019 and this start of this season they had one lead against the Giants other than that they haven't been playing with a lead Mm -hmm. and so you saw yesterday they got a little lead you know, granted, they, they kind of created a leap by creating that early turnover, Yeah, well, but, at the, it comes. but at the same time, once they got it, they controlled the entire game. I mean, yeah. they, and, and Carolina's no slouch. They have looked no. very good here to start the year, even without Christian McCaffrey yep. and for them to really the last two weeks to really, you know, r- rattle Tom Brady and Teddy Bridgewater back to back weeks. And it, it's just good signs. And you're giving an opportunity. For Foles to get acclimated with this offense, they can figure out they had to change their identity. The first three weeks going back to the offense, they are run, doing power running and play action for Mitch because that's what suits him best. But that's not Nagy's offense. What Nagy's offense is is RPO and what is more what fits Foles' style, which is why Foles is in. Now, the question is does that run game? fit Nagy and falls of style because now the run game is reverted here in these second three games. And now my question is how they get that right, get the offensive line, right. But I think this defense is giving them time to figure it out and they will. I, I, I have confidence that because the defense is so stifling, they'll put them in good, you know, uh, field position, good opportunities to make plays. And now you have a veteran stable quarterback, You know, I love Mitch. I wanted him to work out, but it was getting too unstable. At least Foles is, he's like that. He's not Kyle Orton, but he's just that veteran stable type of guy, you know, where you know what you're going to get from him. And if they just give him a little freaking time to throw, he'll be able to make the correct reads. And I I just think we're going to have a very good
2: 2020 version of this Bears team. And, And like I said, the sky's the limit as long as they stay healthy. Here's the guy that Foles reminds me of. Veteran quarterback that came in from another team uh, and and controlled the offense. That's Eric Kramer in 1995. Eric, you know, believe it or not, Eric Kramer still holds the record for the most passing yards by a Bear quarterback in one season, and the most touchdown passes by a quarterback in any one season in Bears history, uh, with uh, with 29, 29. You know, 29 is an, is a, a less than average quarterback in this day and age, but of course, you know, this was 1995, so 25 years ago it was a completely different era. Sure. But that's what kind of Foles kind of reminds me of. He, he's, he's a veteran, and he has really taken this team under his wing, and his, his just his, his calmness, his coolness under center. He got hit nine times every time he throws, every time he throws since
1: he's started, even in the Atlanta game, every game, except this, this last game, I didn't think he had a moment where I was like, Ooh, he almost got hurt there. This was the first game where I didn't have that moment with foals, but at the same time, he gets hit every time he throws Uh, the the flea flicker. They tried. I laughed. I'm like, he barely has time to throw when you just throw it regularly. Now you're a- adding a toss back. That They're flea definitely... flicker, that, they almost intercepted
0: the, the, the shovel pass from Montgomery to Foles. That's how bad <laughs> that protection all... was. Like, <laughs> yeah. like a flea flicker is supposed to give you extra time, but they did like a rollout flea flicker. Like almost, I've never yeah, seen.
1: You're almost handing it up. Fle- you're flea flicking it to the D lineman because he's yeah. already back there. Was, yeah, I mean, barely, literally, I was
0: worried about that shovel pass back to Foles. Thank goodness give
1: him just give them a couple extra seconds because you saw a few times at least three or four times where foals looked to the second or third read there was right. one drop by Demetrius Harris and I think those things you know hopefully Mitch is learning wherever he ends up next year and sees this from a guy a veteran quarterback that's been through a, a bunch of different you know ups and downs and four different teams whatever you want to say it with foals right. so that's what he needs to be watching. And this seems like the better fit. We all had our conversations before the season of what would be best for this 2020 bears team. And we saw it a little bit with Mitch. It was okay. It was all over the place. Now this guy comes in, both teams are winning. Both versions of this team are winning because of the defense. The question is which one has the highest opportunity to get us to the freaking super bowl. And I think <laughs> baby Foles is that answer because he runs Nagy's offense and whether they could run a power running game, I don't know, but that's not exactly the future of the NFL. When you're watching the Kansas city chiefs and the Eagles, they've won Super Bowls recently in the offense that Matt Nagy is trying to run here. The problem is, does he have the offensive line talent? Does he have the quarterback talent to do that yet? That answer is probably no, but he sure damn hell should try. And I just think that falls gives them a little stability. And if they just get more continuity, get a little more rhythm, figure out what they do best, and then figure out how the hell they're going to block the run on this RPO. I don't know how to fix that. That's a, that takes a smarter mind than me, but if they can just figure out a little bit they, they, you just saw it last game. I mean, they, they won by a slim margin the other day, but there was a few things that didn't go their way because of the freaking refs who they play against every week that caused the Eddie Jackson pick six should have made this game a blowout, you know? So they're not, I feel like they're not that far away from starting to really impress, but I don't want them to impress. I want them to be doubted all the way to the end. You know what I mean? That's that's where they're best. As soon as they start getting hyped up, that's when the bears start losing games.
2: Neither, neither one of you were, I believe alive uh, back in 1983 in the, uh, uh, Chicago had a sports team that that really uh, penned the the term "winning ugly," and that was the 1983 White Sox, believe it or not, uh, and that's where "winning ugly" became a coin phrase uh, in the Chicago area. But Greg, you had mentioned a little bit. We want, and I want to get back to the defense, uh, and I want to I want to just kind of single out three guys. Uh, You know, we we talked about Quinn. We talked about Mack. We talked about Hicks. Yep. Jalon Johnson uh, has been really targeted by opposing quarterbacks. And for the most part, he's held his own. Yeah, he's had a few penalties. He got called for two DPIs. One was legit. That's the one where they scored. They ended up scoring the touchdown because, you know, he pinned the receiver's arm underneath his and you know yeah, and maybe that was a bad and, call. And it no it wasn't a bad call, but maybe it was a bad call. It, They're both it was, each other's but, arms. But you know, that's maybe a call that a that a that a, a veteran cornerback would get, but it was it was interference. But the one that he got called on for the when he tipped the ball, he he re- reached around the, the, the receiver tipped the ball and it went to Eddie Jackson and that went for a pick six. That call was brutal. So I want to talk that about frustrated me
1: because I thought, uh, Bilal Nichols got a finger on it on the initial replay that they first showed. You could see Bilal's finger turn. But then on the second replay, of course, that they showed that didn't even show that they just showed the first where the ball passed Max. Hand. Yeah. They,
0: they would have had a channel. Could they challenge you yes. to say that the ball was tipped? Yes. Yeah. It was, they didn't yeah. have a good angle because, because one angle almost looked like Mac had a hand up and, and they
1: ran the next play very right. quickly, but right. easy for yeah. me to sit on my couch and say, but yes, Jalen Johnson, unbelievable so far. I had a good feeling about him coming out. I had heard, an interview that black and Abdallah did with a athletic uh, reporter from the athletic that covers Utah football. And he was telling his story about Jalen Johnson on how he chose to go to Utah and how this kid uh, comes from a family of shut down corners. They're like known for it in their family. And he could have gone to any school he wanted on the West coast, California, UCLA, USC. And he chose to go to Utah to be uh, what he wanted to be. And that is like that uh, Revis Island type of quarterback. And that was what Utah was going to offer him to have that role there. So he chose to go there, bet on himself and still ended up, he would have been a first round pick had he not got hurt. So I had good feelings once I heard that interview and I heard the confidence he had in himself and the leader he was for Utah and, and transformed Utah. Who's like a nobody school into a, a, a respected defense by the time he left his, you know, senior year. So you know, by the time he got here, I'm like really excited for him. We didn't get to see him at camp, but it just seemed like he had that right swagger when you'd see the little videos they showed of the nineteen twenty video series and stuff like that, the little kind of clips we could see but now that we could see him live in action every week, man, between him and Kyle Fuller cause they don't want to throw to Fuller's side, they don't want to throw to Eddie Jackson, so they're trying to pick on Jalen as much as they can and man he he's like uh, standing in there all day long. He's not afraid of it. Even if he makes a mistake on the next play, there was a point in last week's game or just uh, yesterday where he, he got beat on something. And on the very next play, they tried to run a slant and he defended it perfectly. You know, that's the kind of mentality this kid has. (laughs) And it's going to make it real hard on quarterbacks. When you've got Kyle Fuller and Eddie Jackson running around like madmen right now, trying to take people's heads off and then, you know this safety we got from the Texans, Gibson. He he's holding it down. He's no slouch. You know it's like a lot of good options there. Well, You're Fuller's, absolutely right. Fuller's playing
0: his ass off. And oh my
1: god. My
0: but I will say that I'm. I got to say Buster screen is not having
1: such a great season. So, so they got to go after somebody, right. you know, and right. there's, uh, so they're going uh, right. you know, when you have, right. when they're, you're trying to set up one-on-one matchups, you're, he's, he's going to be the one they pick on him and Jalen Johnson. They right. tried to go at Jalen, but you, you're seeing uh, on the first play of the game, Teddy Bridgewater or third play of the game, he gets picked off because he tries going at Jalen. And yeah. now all of a sudden, the Bears score a touchdown three plays later. So, you know, now it's now it's his turn to, you know, his screens going to be the Sherrick McManus or who was the one that got beat? Was it Sherrick in the playoffs a couple of years ago? Yeah, yeah. he's going to be that role. So yeah. he's got to yeah. really stand up. He's going to face some tough matchups.
2: Yeah, we wish we had Bryce Callahan for that Philadelphia game, and the double doink never would have mattered. There's two other guys I want to I want to give props to, and uh, and. Aaron, I'll start with you. Uh, Mario Edwards and Bartavius Mingo have really flashed. They they show up on tape every single game, and and there was three straight plays during the game yesterday where you know Mario Mario Edwards was just bringing it to Bridgewater. The Brid Teddy Bridgewater just to, to for an edification here. You know, he, he through his first, you know, the first part of the season before they met the Bears, he was completing over 73% of his passes. The Bears held him to 16 of 29 for only 55%, zero touchdowns, two interceptions, and a quarterback rating of only 50.4. So Aaron, we'll start with you. Let's talk a little bit about Mario and Mingo.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'll extend it out, too, to, you know, uh, Urban and voters and that whole rotation is really, really doing well. Um, and, and I know, uh, you know, I'm going to do two things that people don't like on Bear's Twitter. One is give Pagano credit, and the other <laughs> is Jay, is, which doesn't get talked about enough, but Jay Rogers is defensive line coach and this guy is one of the best defensive line coaches in the league every year we have some new guy on the defensive line that looks amazing you know Uh, last year was nick williams and this year to lose eddie goldman and for them to still be playing the way they're playing and to Pull these guys off the street and make trades, and you know, and then and and you got to credit Ryan Pace, you know, for what he lacks on offensive scouting, he does not, and I, and I'm going to give the credit to Jay Rogers, you know, because I hope he has some input, and you would think that he does, but he's bringing in these guys, and Mario Edwards, maybe Pace was familiar with him from the Saints, um, or at least, you know, had the had the good intel from his connections there. Has been great. This guy played 16 snaps and every single one of them felt like they were impact snaps. And that's, you know, and Barcavius Mingo, did anybody feel like Barcavius Mingo was going to be a key signing for us? No. (laughs) Like, you know, he's been, he's been all over the field. You hear his name in every game, every game you hear Barcavius Mingo with the tackle, Barcavius Mingo with the pressure, Barcavius Mingo, uh, you know, puts his hands up and bats the ball down. Like, These guys are making plays. They're so much better than the Aaron Lynch and, you know, like bums like that that we've had in the rotation when when Fangio was here. And everybody wants to bow down at the foot of Fangio, but Aaron Lynch was here because of Fangio. (laughs) Like – you know, and he sucked. <laughs> like So Fangio wasn't perfect. Like, so people need to, to realize that Pagano is not doing a bad job. And, you know, I'm going to also give pace credit for filling the huge hole that Eddie Goldman left.
2: Unfortunately, we kind of have to talk about the offense now. So, <laughs> um, you know, obviously the quick start helped, um, you know, the, I got to give credit to Foles for throwing an absolute dart uh, to, to Cole Komet for his first touchdown in the NFL, his, uh, you know, his mom was in the stands. So that was, that was nice. Uh, and, And then of course, finally a third quarter score. It was the bears were the only team to go without scoring any points in one quarter, the entire season up until the middle of the third quarter when they finally (laughs) scored in the third quarter. Um, You know, uh, this is, and then last but not least, uh, this is the first game since week one where Darnell Mooney did not have more snaps than Anthony Miller. So the question I'm going to throw out to the two of you guys and, and Braggsy, maybe, you know, because, you know, you get to, you rub elbows with the Kaplans of the world and, and whatnot, so they might have a little bit of, of uh, inner circle knowledge. Was was Anthony Miller in the doghouse after Week One? Uh, you know, he he had he had a couple of great catches, uh, especially in the Atlanta game. But he, you know, the, the one thing, if you recall from last year, there was stories out about Anthony Miller. Not running, he kind of freelanced his routes, and this right. is an offense predicated on precision. So I'm wondering when you take a look at what had happened in the last four games, where Mooney had more snaps than than Miller, uh, and then we had we had Nagy's I don't know mini tirade uh, last Friday when yeah you know after the Tampa game right where where he really got his you know he he got his feathers ruffled about the lack of execution on the the details you know was that directed at Anthony Miller because you know after you know during the week Anthony Miller seemed to really step it up in practice even Larry Larry Meyer who usually writes some pretty fluff pieces for ChicagoBears.com? Right. He actually had a really good article about Anthony Miller and his rededication to doing things right to make this offense succeed. So, so I'll throw it. I'll throw it at you first, Braggsy. Uh, you know, was was the, were those comments a week ago Friday directed at Miller? and miller you know he actually kind of he he you know he only had i think 5 targets and 3 catches but is this is the first first game since week 1 where you know he had more snaps more a, a larger snap count than mooney did in week 1 uh, mooney has has had more he's been on the field more often than miller until last week they actually had the exact same snap count. So, you know, if if you got some inside information from your buddies uh, at NBC Sports, I'd really appreciate you sharing (laughs) it with
1: us. Yeah, no, Uh, I think that with Miller, he obviously, he definitely was getting uh, criticized for his uh, freelancing on route running. You know, he probably has an idea of how he can get open, but Nagy is very specific. You've heard it in his post game press conferences talking about this offense is very specific about the steps you take when you turn when you everybody from the quarterback to the O-line to the wide receivers and I definitely think that there's probably a part of it that he's aiming those you know comments at the wide receiver group not just Anthony Miller but I also think he's talking about the offensive line because if you're going to talk about mistakes being made Anthony Miller probably is making a couple of game. They're standing out. You saw it in the last game where he chose not to get the first down and he takes a turn. And instead now it's fourth down and you're punting because he didn't get the first and those stand out. But Charles Leno is making a mistake every series, it seems. So I'm sure those comments were directed at, you know, guys like him and the offensive line, you know? So I think that that's, you know, something to be taken into consideration. Last year, the only little thing I heard through the grapevine was that there could have been, and this is a huge reach, but they, th- there was some talk that maybe, uh, there was some disagreement about routes or something with Nagy, but that was all and through eight different people heard hearsay kind of stuff. So I take that with a grain of salt. But you just never know the relationship. I think Nagy roots for Anthony Miller. He wants him to be, you know, why Darnell Mooney has started to get more snaps than him. I think Mooney fits better as the outside wide receiver, your prototypical, you know, on the edge wide receiver, like where, you know, Alan Robinson is and, and, uh, and Nagy likes Anthony Miller as his guy that is always in motion, you know, and because he's physical and, and and you know, likes to get him in the, uh, in on the move, we'll get him the ball in space, you know, and he can make plays. So, you know, it's, there's only one ball. So you're, you're trying to get it to David Montgomery. You're trying to get 20 plus carries. You're trying to get the ball to the tight ends. You've got Allen Robinson. So there's only one ball. Not everyone's going to get it every week. And uh, you know, as long as everybody's pulling from the same rope it should be okay. Anthony Miller's made some huge plays this year. They would not be five and one right now. In fact, they'd be three and three by my count. If it wasn't for a couple miraculous catches by Anthony Miller. So I, you know, everybody's very critical of this team and every player on this team. And that's good. That's good. Expectations were raised a couple years ago from the doldrums that were the Chicago bears from like 2012 to 2017. So I'll take it. It's a little annoying at times to listen to everybody piss and moan on a victory Monday about specific players or specific mistakes, but Hey, we all want to win a super bowl and it takes, you know, criticizing even when you're five and one. So I don't mind it all that much. It's just, you know, trying to keep a perspective.
0: Uh, Here's the thing is that this team on offense does not have top talent we like to think that it has all this talent because we're Bears fans. That's Realistically, right. <laughs> the only top talent on the offensive side of the ball is Allen Robinson. Nobody else. That we know of. I feel like no, but right now I'm talking about proven top talent that would that you could take off of the Bears and say, Yes, this person would definitely start and be WR1 well, or Davis. WR2 my, on any at, other team. I understand. My, I, I get it, Greg. But I'm talking about top talent.
1: Well, we don't we have need, that. We need an offensive line to help right. that that we, can right. run the system right. to to find out if these guys are even talented. Right. They don't get enough. But, but we don't have that
0: because there's no investment on that side of the ball. The offensive line talent is atrocious. Like, and and guess what? None of them are playing good. Cody Whitehair is playing terribly. The whole, the fact that Rashad Coward is even out there is embarrassing. Like, it's embarrassing that that's who our offensive line is. Some converted defensive tackle, like from some small school. Are you kidding me? Like, that's embarrassing that we have to throw that out there as our offensive line. You know, and so Nick Foles is a damn hero for being able to win with that offensive it's line and and <laughs> yeah and standing in there and the thing about the, the ironic part about all of this is that Mitch often made the offensive line look better than it was and sometimes he made them look worse, but most yes. of the time. He he made them look better than they were because he didn't stand in the pocket right. because he escaped the pocket.
1: He bailed them out because he'd roll out and he'd either make a miraculous well, play ow. or or fumble, and so it was always on it was always on him. But the offensive line yes wouldn't be as magnified But you could see it last year they couldn't run the ball last year and it was because, and it was because Matt Nagy said okay Mitch you're gonna run my system and we're gonna run RPO and we're gonna play in the shotgun and they cannot run it. I don't know how to explain it. I'm no film guru, but they can't run it. You can just see he runs. David Montgomery runs into a brick wall every time he runs. So when you say, you know, they don't have any great players on offense, David Montgomery could be a great player. But if he's running into a brick wall every time, how are you ever I, supposed to I'm find out?
0: i talking about proven yeah. NFL top NFL channel. We have a lot of potential guys. I right. think Miller is a potential guy. It's great that Darnell Mooney has emerged, but unfortunately, if you want to see a run game and two tight end sets, there's no slot receiver. There's not enough snaps for slot receivers if you want to be that team. If you want us to, to spread it out and go five wide, sure, you're going to see Darnell Mooney and Anthony Miller on the field together, which is something I want to see.
2: Oh, um, we all want, want
1: to see, see we've that. been waiting to see five wide our whole lives. <laughs> yeah, and, and but the
0: problem is is that they this offensive line cannot run it at RPO and it doesn't I don't think it suits Montgomery particularly well, um, to be honest. And you know, and I just think what was working ironically, and they did right. this Mitch, was a power run scheme and it made the it made the offensive line look fixed. We were talking about all yep. oh, the greatness of the Everybody CO. was
1: blocking better. The tight Everybody, ends were blocking. They were they playing lesser purpose. talent, too, but They, was, had a
0: purpose. they were yep. moving. The problem with RPO blocking is it's like you're in between, so you're not really aggressively run blocking. And, and Jer brought this up on our other show that he thinks that their splits are giving away the calls because – he thinks it's really obvious when they're going to run and when they're going to pass based on the alignment of the offensive linemen, you know, and you know, that good defenses pick up on that. We've seen that video of the Keem Hicks talking about how he can read the, the, the knuckles of a player and know what play is coming because of how their weight is held. You know, like this is, these guys are freaking monster scientists of defensive line and I think that's what's happening. And so now they learned this whole offense from Mick. And now they're having to go back to the old offense. And that's why it's taking time. And that's why Foles said what he said, which I thought was great. You know, he said, listen, we're building something and we're winning along the way. It's not pretty. We know that. But we would rather win ugly than lose pretty. And, you know, it, it just, it's just like he's just saying, like, hey, we're building this. We're putting it together, and guess what? We're winning on top of all of that. So, you know, and he didn't would never say it like this, but give us some effing credit. Yeah. Like, please, for the love of God, like, stop
1: treating it like it's fantasy football because it's yeah. not. <laughs> I, mean, I hope they're underlooked as far as it can go. I mean, I want them- they want Credit. Hopefully they can get to eight and one before anybody realizes they're a team that should
2: be, you know, at least respected. You right. <laughs> know. Well, Braggsy, let me ask you this, uh, and then we're, we'll we'll kind of cut this segment uh, off. But uh, uh, both both Aaron and I we had our pregame uh, preseason predictions for the Bears' record. Yeah, we, we literally both had the Bears finishing 11 and 5. So before the season started, where did you have the Bears?
1: I had the Bears at 10 wins, but I had Mitch getting them 10 wins. So what is that?
2: What that that well, gets disqualified. He, 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 he got them off to a good start. You know? He's so, out there so motivating. A, a, a little bit of odds and ends to finish <laughs> off the Carolina game. Um, and you'll like this. Fans in the stands. That's there right. were actually 5,240 uh, fans in attendance, and it almost seemed as though uh, half of them were wearing the darker blue, not the Carolina blue.
0: There were a uh, lot of Bears fans there. Yeah, they're, they're, they're really.
2: From, uh, from the
0: reports ah. I had. Go ahead. In every shot, it seemed like the camera was picking up Bears fans.
1: Yeah, we, we did a little post-game show at Bragg's in the stands, and we actually, for the first time, were able to bring on some people that were at the game live, and uh, as soon as the game ended, we tried to bring them on. Had a little technical difficulty with one of them, but yeah, this uh, good guy named Doug and uh, James, they came on, and they were at the stadium, and they both said, 60, 40, 70, 30 bears fans, which surprised me. I knew there would be a lot of bears fans there, but that kind of a number, I don't know. Maybe, maybe they're just excited to see other bears fans, but it doesn't surprise me to hear that bears fans travel. Well, it's their first opportunity this season to go to a game. This was their first road game or home where fans were able to even get a public ticket. You can get a Sorry, my daughter's screaming for something, but uh, that's okay. You know, you let it, her scream. No. <laughs> she's going down here. A second, but uh, no, it was it, it, so for me, it was nice to see that, and um, it wasn't surprising to hear that so many bears showed up because they travel, they've always travel well, and we always spend. I personally bought my ticket for the Titans game coming up November 8th, I'll be in the stands for that game. So nice. I'm really excited for that. Uh, you know, I'm going to wear my, I'm going to double mask it up. I'll have a mask and a gator on. I'll keep, you know, with that such little amount of fans there, yeah. you should be able to keep your distance at the very least. But yeah, it's really, <laughs> really nice to see fans in the stands, but you know, it does at what price, I don't know. You know, uh, this whole COVID thing is crazy. But, you know, I'm watching TV every day, watching these games, and I'm seeing other fans at games, and I am one that would personally take the risk. Maybe that makes me a hypocrite in some, in some extent, because I'm not somebody that doesn't believe in what's going on as far as COVID. It should be respected. My wife's a nurse. I hear her dealing with these people every day. It is a serious thing that you shouldn't, you know, um, you know, you know, push off to the side. But you know, if they can put precautionary measures in place and it can work, it's an outdoor stadium. I'm going to take my chances personally.
2: There you go. We'll we'll have to have a conversation off air about where you bought your tickets, Braggy. But uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> uh, I've been uh,
1: co- I've been going to them since I was like 16. I feel no like just, no no service cr- fees. We're creatures of habits, you know, I,
2: I'm sure I can get the folks at tick splits to get a promo code for your show to save your listeners 5%, but uh, we'll talk about that another time. The bears, the bears defense has only allowed one touchdown in each of their last three games against Bridgewater, Brady and rivers Two for sure, hall of fame quarterbacks and, uh, and, and Teddy Bridgewater. With that, we're gonna take uh, a little bit of a time out to hear from our sponsor, Blitz. Greg. That's right. We'll, be right. we'll be right back after after a word from our sponsor. I just heard my favorite band is in town.
1: I'd love to get good seats, but everywhere I've looked, the ticket sites have crazy service fees. Haven't you heard of Tick Splits? Who? Tick Splits. They don't gouge you with crazy fees. The price they advertise is the price you pay, plus a small delivery fee.
2: Never pay service fees again. Go to
1: T I X B L I T Z dot com today. Blitz dot com. Guaranteed seats, low prices. That's Blitz dot com. Every ticket, every venue, everywhere.
2: TickSplits.com, Get your tickets now because the NFL is finally letting fans in the stands. There's uh, at least 11 stadium right now that uh, you can get into, and hopefully, uh, the word is that the Bears are working with the city, or the city is working with the Bears, to hopefully start to allow some fans into Soldier Field during the upcoming games. And you can get 5% off your ticket price by using the promo code TAILGATE. That's TAILGATE in all caps, T-A-I-L-G-A-T-E. Ticksplits.com, every ticket, every venue, everywhere. Uh, Before we get into our preview of uh, next week's game, a little bit of uh, history, which we love to talk about because that's what sets us apart from all the other podcasts in bears twitter and of course uh the bears are playing the rams on monday night And the bears uh the bears have uh own a 53 36 record uh, against the rams in the regular season there's been three ties they've played twice in the postseason Uh, splitting those games, but most importantly, the 1985 Super Bowl champions beat the uh, L.A. Rams uh, back in 1985 uh, to get to the Super Bowl by shutting them out 24 to nothing. Uh, The rivalry started in 1937 when the Rams actually were the Cleveland Rams, and they actually met two times per season from 1937 until 1966, with the exception of the 1943 season where they did not play, and the 51 season where they only played one time. Uh, And the Bears have won six of the last eight games. And Braggsy, earlier in the show, we talked about your first game at Soldier Field was uh, the, the Jacksonville game in 2001. The first game I can ever remember going to was a Bears Rams game at Soldier Field in Gale Sayers' rookie season of 1965, and the play that I remember was, and this is this is the Roman Gabriel, Los Angeles Rams from the the 60s, and Benny McRae, which was it's just an absolutely stellar cornerback for the Bears. Uh, in the 60s uh, intercepted a pass in the end zone almost took it all the way for about 103 yards he got tripped up uh, right about midfield and literally that's the very first play I ever remember uh, and which isn't so bad considering I was only eight years old at the time
1: (laughs) that's pretty good man like I said uh, to be able to watch a football game or a Bears game at Wrigley Field I know they played a couple football games there. Recently, I didn't get to go to, I think they played one right with Northwestern Northwestern
2: in Illinois. And in fact, Northwestern has signed a contract, I believe starting in 2021, where they're going to play one game per year uh, at Wrigley field. And uh, the, don't you think the the bears, I mean,
1: I don't know if they'd ever pulled do that, but wouldn't it be cool if they could do that just one time? I don't know for some kind of anniversary game or something.
2: Yeah, but they they can only hold 40,000 people there. I don't care. It's yeah, well, but but, but the league but but the league cares, and, and Dyke Stadium, I don't think holds more than 40,000 people anyway. So uh, it's an interesting footnote to this when they did all of the the remodeling at Wrigley Field. The there's actually two or three rows of uh, the just. Beyond the, the Cubs dugout, that they can actually remove the the wall uh, and they take make, out those three rows, so they, they can make better the fit. May, well, they can better fit the field into because it, I don't know if either one of you remember that game. Uh, yeah, they had when, to cancel when, it. Well, no, of, they they didn't cancel it, but what they did was they only allowed the teams to on offense one, yeah, go to one go one in way. one direction. Yeah, so right. even right. even after a punt, they had to change ends of the field and go in towards the third base dugout. Uh, the goalposts were actually bolted into the wall uh, on, in the right field bleachers. So they've made it, when they when they renovated Wrigley Field, they made a couple of minor changes so they can actually fit a, a regulation football field so they could play the game normally. But, uh, yeah, so a little bit of history there, because we love to talk about history on the Halitech Hall show. It really sets us apart from all of the other podcasts. Uh, when you woke up this morning, Greg, wasn't it great to see the Bears at five and one? The Packers at four and one, and the and uh, the Lions actually won a second game on the year and the Vikings blew it to Atlanta of all teams and are looking up at the rest of the, the division at one and five.
1: That's right. I'm loving it. Uh, you know, the Packers went up 10, nothing early and I was like, Oh geez. You know, and then all of a sudden Tampa Bay just came on like a hurricane on them. So I'll take it. You know, uh, uh, I don't know what to make of the Vikings. I haven't, I, I'll be honest. It's not like I've been dialed into them. I just keep seeing that they're losing each week. So I each week they lose the less serious I take them, I guess. But you know, I always respected their defense and their run game and all that, but it seems to be falling apart at the seams there for Mike Zimmer and the Vikings. So that helps because they're a team that gives us problems. And hopefully by the time we play them, they're, uh, they're beleaguered and and they're ready for the off season and they're, you know, just despondent. They're not motivated. That's the kind of Vikings team I want to face. You know what you're going to face when you play the lions, a team that'll keep you in it no matter what. So I'm not worried about the lions, but you know, the Packers are always going to be that, you know, forced to be reckoned with. They're not going anywhere. We're going to probably have to battle out the North for them. I hope we can get on top and then we'll, you know, more than likely see them in the playoffs, you know, no avoiding that. So it'll be either them or the Eagles, the first round, I have no doubt. So, you know, that's just how the world works. So we got to slay that dragon, but we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. The Packers look like they're a good team. You know, they've had some injuries. Rogers is a man possessed. He needs to work on his celebrate touchdown celebrations, but, uh, you know he's he's getting a little uh past dated on his touchdown dances, but uh, well, that's
0: not all. He also threw a pick six. Let's I mean uh, yeah. like everybody's focusing on that. Wasn't on that his that first student. turnover of the season? Uh,
2: yes, that I was believe his, so that was his first pick of the year. In his yeah. very next pass, he threw another. Was almost a pick six. That uh, yeah, he got tackled at the two yard line. There. But as far as as far as the last word on Aaron Rodgers touchdown celebration. Which was Nolan Boyd because he got ruled after after review he was down inside the one yard line. It only tells me one thing and that's we now we know the reason why Danica left him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm sure
0: they, they were real cocky. You know, Aaron Rodgers is on Pat McAfee talking about how his down year is some quarterbacks best years and he was you know he was they were feeling themselves that packer team mm-hmm. and i i guarantee you that they even though it's tom brady and everything i think that yeah. they thought they could just go out and do what they wanted especially after the bears manhandled the patriots or excuse me the bucks the brady and the bucks the way that they did right. you yeah. know yeah. And, and, the- and i was gonna say too that you know the, the buccaneers didn't really need tom brady to beat them they beat them with their defense without yep. Vita vera yep. yep. and the packers really i mean they had 94 yards rushing but aaron jones was held nearly without yards in the rush in the run game Tristan Wirfs didn't give up anything to Zedarius and Preston Smith. Tristan Wirfs, who got literally almost thrown out of the league by Khalil Mack. <laughs> literally. literally. Thrown literally. Literally. thrown like, into into the sun, like by Khalil Mack, stands up against these guys and 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 protects the hell out of Brady. And really, you know, had like a perfect game against those guys. The the Packers' defense is not good. It hasn't been good all year. And they haven't beaten anybody either, you know? So it's like they have the the wins. Their wins have come against worse teams than the Bears record-wise. So, you know, everybody wants to call the Bears paper Tigers and this and that. And it's like, yeah, sure, they still have Aaron Rodgers but they haven't beaten anybody either. And and I'm sick of it anyway, because this isn't college football. It doesn't matter. Like a win is a win. They all have the same value. Right. And they're in freaking first place. It's not college. There's not going to be some, you know, council of elders that comes around and says this win is worth more than this win. Like, it's just like, and and they're perfect in the conference. So even if it gets to tiebreakers, common opponent is eventually going to be a tiebreaker. So it's like, they want to say that our, our, you know, win against the Buccaneers doesn't mean anything, but then at the same time, they're like, no. well, our loss against them doesn't mean anything. No, it's that like, Buccaneers does.
1: win was impressive. And the Packers yes. got the taste of that medicine because we, the, the bears, I say we as a, a diehard fan, but you know, the bears stood up against a tough defensive line, they were giving the Packers hell. The Indomicon Sue almost killed Aaron Rodgers before That's the half, that, uh, and you know was letting them know about it too. And uh, the Bears held them, you know, didn't let them have that. You know, they shut down our run game, but yeah. the 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 pass game was able to do some things, obviously enough to win the football game. And then again, you talk about this defense. you know, Tom Brady didn't have to do everything, but he controlled the game. He made some big throws to uh, Rob Gronkowski and uh, Ronald Jones was running wild. He, Ronald Jones ran well on us as well, but you know, the bears ultimately won the game and the Packers got blown out and no, it's not, you know, uh, what are they calling that? You know, uh, you can't pass that along. Like that means we're equals. We're better than the, the, the Packers. But it does speak to something, so you don't ignore it. Well, you see you see right. how this is going and you know for anybody that's gonna keep underlooking the bears, that doesn't change when you line them up. I don't care what they are on paper. I right. don't care paper, tiger whatever you want to say when you get on the football field with them. you know football's a law of averages. every game comes down to one score. You know that I don't care how good you are. The Chiefs, I guarantee you that no NFL, one, no,
0: no NFL team thinks the Bears are paper tigers. That's
1: some oh. that's a Bears Twitter. Yeah, that's like, the, that's, that's Twitter. Yeah, no, nope, no
0: team in the league looks at the Bears and is not worried about that defense. No, no one, <laughs> like you know, they are a force you reckon with. So there's nothing paper tiger about them. You, you ask another, uh, an offensive coordinator that's got to prepare for that defense. If they're paper tiger,
1: the, 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 look at the San Francisco 49ers. How did they get to the super bowl? I mean, <laughs> Jimmy G isn't no is world beater quarterback. You know, they, they ran the ball. You know, the bears don't run the ball, but they just smash mouth defense. That's how it works.
0: Both side. And and
1: they, you know, that's how there's more than one way to get to the super bowl. And so the bears are going to try it this way. We'll see how far it gets them so far. They're five and one. I will take that all day long. Well, I'm not scared of the Rams. I'm not scared of the Rams either. Not with this defense, When you got Khalil Mack on your team. (laughs) <laughs> who is literally, and then, and, and, oh, and by the way, Akeem Hicks, you know, you're yeah. talking about Mingo and, uh, you know, who's the other guy that's been going off uh, Edwards, in, Edwards, Edwards, you know, you got all these names that have great seasons, you know, last year it was Nick Williams and, you know, you had uh, 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 Pierre Louis, uh, yeah. 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 you had all, yeah, you had all these guys that have these great years, they move on. Well, they're around some pretty talented players. Right. And uh Akeem Hicks and, and and Khalil Mack are otherworldly. And uh, you know, when you have that, you have a chance to blow up every single game. So, yeah, they have a really good chance. I mean, the last time Jared Goff played the Bears, oh wait, we played them twice because we did play them last year, but we get the Bears gave them hell last year, as bad as right. pitiful as well, that. Like, we
0: needed what well, we needed last year, and even in 2018, because Mitch almost blew the, one of the best defensive performances of the season because he played he almost played worse than Goff did. Um, we needed a quarterback who could make just enough plays, and, and that's what. Foles did against the Panthers. They were seven for 14 on third down, and he just made the plays. Well, you
1: got you to make your kicks too,
0: because right? And really yes, holy crap! How can you leave out the emergence of yep. a kicker? And and we were joking. I was joking about this with Robert Schmitz um, you know, on Twitter because. He was like doing all this, oh, I'm so worried about the Santos kick in the bucks game, you know and I actually had to mute him on Twitter because he was freaking me out like he was <laughs> he was totally he was totally jinxing it and it was in the same end zone and it was like I mean I, we said this in the last episode that I seriously had an out of body experience but that kick, and this is all credit to Robert Schmitz for for realizing this, that kick kick exercised the Cody Parkey demons because Nick Foles drove us down, and we had a kicker who ironically is all the way back to start of Cairo Santos Yeah. (laughs) make that kick, and he exercised the demons, and now this dude is making 55 yarders? Like, are you kidding me? Like, and he boomed that. Like, yeah. You know, and kickers yep. confidence too. you know, what I
1: mean? Like, I think even more so that gave me confidence with Santos uh, and the 55 yarder shows his depth. Cause I was like getting nervous with him with like 40 plus yard or 45 or initially when he first started, but the two kicks against Tampa, both were the same end zone as the Cody Parkey kicks, but also he kind of had to play the wind a little bit on each of them. And he played it. He played it nicely. It it scared me watching it on TV because I don't know what the wind is. I'm not there, unfortunately. But, uh, yeah, it reminded (laughs) me kind of how Robbie would uh, line it up. And it does. You have to be a veteran kicker that knows, like, little tricks of the trade because in Chicago there's all these different wind elements that come into play, and you got to kind of be able to be – You know, uh, think on your feet a little bit, so to speak. No pun intended. And that was what made Robbie so special. But we've had other kickers prior to Robbie that have had that kind of knack here. You know, Uh, and Robbie wasn't the first one. We used to have, we used to be a great kicking team. We used to have great punters and great kickers. But what's what's crazy
0: is we always talk about this. and, And obviously the wind down by the lake is crazy. But they also made things worse by making a stadium that only has half of the top. <laughs> so right. so that creates this swirling effect. Yep. That's all jacked up. Whereas a normal stadium that was a full ellipse wouldn't do that, you know, that, sure. and so that made it worse. But it's funny because every damn visiting kicker seems to have no problem. And I don't I know, know it is because
1: you like, don't this. think about it. It's right. half a mental thing, right? It's, ha- it's uh, kicking is half mental. It's like putting, right. You know, I don't know shit about kicking or putting, but I know enough to watch it and I've done them. I've done them both a few times and that's probably what it's most comparable to. So it's all mental. We saw it in Cody Parkey's eyes. You can see it. You can see it half the time when they walk up to the kick, if they're going to make it or not. And for whatever reason, we just always run into these kickers here that, you know, just don't think about it or, you know, the Praters of the world guys that are right. great just at so it. good. It doesn't
2: matter. Exactly. They're absolutely
1: crazy. It's like crazy. one or the other, but yeah, Carlos Santos as John Fox once called him, mm-hmm. you know, I, I definitely have started to grow at first when he beat Tampa, You know, I was like, okay, I like that. He showed a little, you know, he can play the wind. He's got confidence. Even the game winner, even though it was a short kick, I I put a lot of stock into that because pressure is a tough thing in the city. If the fans are there, is it a different kick? Maybe I, I, to me, I think the empty stands almost made, makes that a harder kick, you know, the, imagine having to take the game winning free throw in the NBA, not the NBA finals, but just a game winning free throw with nobody in the stands. I don't know that that might make it even harder, you know, when it gets real quiet like that. So, uh, you know, I can cause I can remember the hush of the crowd before Cody Parkey kicked it. And there's this feeling of he's not going to make it. And that really does kind of like push into the peak of the, the players on the field. You can feel that tension. So no, no fans in the stands. It's definitely a weird element, but uh, to see Santos come through here a couple weeks in a row, and now I'm like all in on him. Eddie can just stay doing whatever he's doing, you know, golfing or whatever, whatever he's doing.
2: <laughs> yeah. You, know, you, you, you make a couple of, of really good points. So uh, when, of course we all know how well, Robbie Gold kicked in Chicago, um, you know, and then I I would go to games and, and Braggs, you know, this is, this is a where, you know, this is an era where I'm sure you went to games as well. And I don't know if you watch what Robbie Gold did. Yes. Yeah, pre-game, pre-game, pre-game. Yep. He would he do would, it at training. He would do it at training camp every day too. You know, he would, he would literally take the the pylon out of the far corner of the end zone and and kick a field goal towards the goal post so he's 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 parallel to the end line and he would kick until he hit the goal post.
1: Yep. Remember that? Yep. And he would do he would do different uh variations of it too and different angles. He had like a whole it was like a Steph Curry almost routine. He was uh, and he would do it at training camp too. It was like almost like trick shots, but it was his way of, he's done interviews about it. It was just his way of understanding the wind and everything else. I don't know. And you know, what's funny about that, not to get too crazy into the kicking story, but when we had Cody Parkey, he was struggling a little bit at camp and I always make myself known at camp. Like I always used to do. I know a tear rolls down my eyes. I talk about it, but Cody Parkey was walking by, signing some autographs. And I asked him if he had ever kicked at soldier field, not truly not knowing the answer to that. And he said, uh, once, and I was just like, yeah, man, it just, it's crazy. The wind is crazy there, man. Uh, you know, uh, you might, uh, Robbie gold was just so good at knowing the little different tricks of the trade. It just kind of came out of my mouth, like, you know, word vomit, like I always do. And he was like, all right, guy. Like, shut the fuck up. Basically. <laughs> yeah. Well and, to uh, your what to your point. Right? Like, hey, you know, like, dude, yeah. You might want to reach out to him because it's it's tricky there. And you know, he ended up, you know, uh kind of underestimating that in my opinion. I'm not saying I'm sitting there, I told you so because he should tell me to shut the hell up. What do, what do I know? If he came out and tried to lay tell me how to lay bricks, I'd be laughing at him too. So of course like, I get it, but you know, it is a tough, tough place to kick. It really yeah. is. Yeah.
2: So, you know, to and Aaron touched base on this earlier, the the it's it's an asymmetrical design at Soldier Field. You've got all the open seats. Uh, you know, it's almost segregated. Because you've you've got the blue collar guys on the west side of <laughs> of the stands, you're and, right. you got, and you got all the rich bitches on the, the east side. The Cadillac Club side. Where, yeah. you know, the Cadillac Club and, and the Ascot, you know, right? you know. Yeah.
1: It's so, like one side but, one side's the third deck of the the Titanic,
2: yeah. And then the so, other side of the first deck. You know, yeah. So so the the east stands where all of the um, luxury suites are. That actually, you know, the, the, the top part of the e stands extends towards the field. Right. So, Cantal, cantilever seats, as they call you, it. You're, you're exactly right. So now I'm sure you both remember Nate Vashers' 108-yard return against the 49ers a few years ago, right? Oh, yes. Sorry, okay. Thought... So that ball went off the kicker's foot, and it Bent back towards the west where, you know, Vasher made a hell of a, just to catch the ball. Yes. But the wind was blowing from west to east. You guys probably don't know this, but because of that, that cantilevered seat, that wind was hitting the east, the where it's in, cause it's all glass enclosed. And swirling back towards yeah, the left stands. Yeah, that was
1: one of the craziest days for wind ever at the game. You and know, that was a, that was a shout to Lovey to know that that was gonna happen because they had had a few kicks prior to that where it show. I, I, I think there was a field goal attempt that went fucking crazy right. And so Lovey knew it was coming on the yeah. punt, so he put Bashir yeah, yeah. back there on a you know just a whim to see if he could get one. And, and cause Devin Hester had done the same thing in 2006 against the New York giants on a missed field goal. And, uh, you know, you know, history was made and that's why I love, he was such a great head coach, you know, and, uh, we, we, we took a long time to get back to getting a head coach that, you know, we can respect in this town. And now we're trying to drag Matt Nagy through the calls. It's like, Oh man. Uh oh, we don't know how to have nice things.
2: <laughs> yeah you're absolutely right. Well let's let's
0: kind of preview. Well, that was thinking. also Dave, that was also Dave Tobe. I'm not giving that to to Lovey 100%.
1: Right.
0: Dave Tobe is one of the best special teams in, in the history of the game. I joked with him yeah. one
1: time I go Dave uh, camp I go Dave, I'll help you get a head coaching job, and he left. Let out a big laugh. I was Tabor real. Tabor can't hold
0: a candle oh, to no. Dave Tobe.
1: No, like
0: no. Oh, although God. although Remember that although Paddle Donald has been having a Paddle Donald's been rock solid. For years. Years. Actually,
1: Tabor's season actually is a bounce back because the special teams always does make a lot of mistakes the last couple of years. But this year, the mistakes haven't been as many. Cordero did have that one penalty, which you're always frustrated when Cordero has any kind of silly, boneheaded penalty because he's such a great... Specials, special yeah. He, yeah. He he's done that two years in a row, which surprises me with him. I guess, you know, he, you want to dial that back a little bit, but he's, you know, he gets a little bit of a pass. Cause of how good a job he's done. So I don't know much about evaluating Chris Tabor as a special teams coach, but I guess the uh, The, the team, only way to evaluate them
0: is by the results on the field. Well, they
1: have done better than this year because Cordero is the best kick returner in the league. I know Chris Tabor isn't like, you know, he, he's a part of that, but Ted, in, of that. Ted
0: Ginn experience is horrible. And I was pissed at the broadcast because they talk about all these players. The Panthers are missing and they just mentioned James Daniels. And I'm like, what about pro bowl? Tariq Cohen, like hey, that's a- Eddie Goldman. Tariq Cohen. I know they only mentioned James Daniels. They don't mention Goldman, who's opt out. But Tariq Cohen's has been a huge loss. Oh
1: man, and he would have been a great, you know, asset for Nick Foles to have that down. The things
0: that Foles can do in terms of throws that I don't think Mitch was able to do is the floaters, the balls would touch on them that drop into the zones, and the sidearm. Like the the, basically the pass to Comet, this you know that little three-quarter angle fitted in a tight window zip throw he doesn't have. Now it has some of his throws have looked terrible, but those are the throws that I don't think Mitch ever can make. And so
1: don't try know. to hurt my feelings. All right. I come on here. <laughs> no, I love Mitch. We don't need to slander Mitch. He's on the bench now. Okay.
0: You guys should be able to hit that, that outside, you know, 15 yard out very well. A
1: damn few seconds to throw it. I feel like he might be able to step into a couple. Uh, yeah.
2: <laughs> well, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to step into a throw when your your blockers are being pushed into your lap yes it's
1: crap you know they need if you can't run block because you can't figure out the scheme if that's what it is fine I'll have no I have no idea smarter minds than me can figure that out but I know at least when you call a pass everyone that is on the offensive line should know how to block it up for a minute and yeah. hold it down, give them an extra second to throw. I'm I know they're going in on the good, the bad, the ugly tape review that Matt Nagy does every Tuesday, and they're seeing this, just like Nick Foles said in his passionate postgame pressure. we all they see it. So if they're seeing it, well, I just it just you know, come on, block it up a little longer. I know that's easy to say, easier said than done, but that's what needs to get done. They need to get give Nick Foles a couple extra seconds, and maybe the Moody's and the Gins. And the Anthony Miller's can start, you know, opening up a little bit downfield, you know, start attacking the middle of the field. Cause I thought that's what was coming. They were, they were running things to the edge at the start of the game and they were getting a little bit of success from that. So then I thought, okay, that's their way of, they were talking about it on the telecast, you know, they can't really run the ball. So this is their way of setting stuff up for the middle of the field. And it never really got to that. They got that Cole Komet touchdown early, but that was, you know, based off of a defensive turnover. So you know, I, just give Nick Foles some time. It's been, you know, three quick games for him. You know, they had the back to back games quickly. You know, you're in a fight in all these games, so you're trying to find a way to win ultimately. So you can only work on, you know, so much, you know. But I'm willing to give him time just like I was willing to give Mitch time. That's what I was right. saying. Just... In my diatribe on, on Twitter earlier today. Like, good God, stop talking about the quarterback competition. The only way Mitch is coming back is if there's an injury, and let's hope that doesn't happen. Let's hope. That Nick Foles can gain some continuity because they only have to get. I they hopefully they get really a lot better, but they only have to get a little better for this team to be really tough to beat when you look at how dominant they are defensively, you know? So that's, that's all I look at when I, when I see this bears team, I mean, that's no different than the 2006 bears or the 2012 bears or the 2018 bears, you know, it's 2018 bears had a little more spark on offense and it was fun, but you know, we're back to our, our stone age bears and hopefully we can get Flintstone our way
2: all the way to the Super Bowl. Let's let's hope so. So let's talk about this game coming up a, a week from tonight. The Bears are in Los Angeles They're to take on the Rams. Uh, you know, Goff is having kind of a resurgent year. He, uh, you know, he got absolutely brutalized by the Bears off defense in 2018. And, and I, 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 think it affected him all throughout the 2019 season. Cause he was just never the same quarterback that he was back then. Uh, but he's, uh, he's, he's thrown for almost 1600 yards yet. He he's got a 67.4, uh, you know, completion percentage. He's thrown 10 TDs versus only four interceptions. Uh, you know, but, uh, but the, the the Rams offense has laid the ball on the ground seven times, so that's that's 11 turnovers on the year. The Bears, as we mentioned in the previous segment, they've only allowed three touchdowns in their last three games, one each to the Colts, the uh, uh, Panthers, and of course the Buccaneers. But. The Rams have allowed nine touchdowns over the last three games. Uh, so uh, you know, these this is a team that we can score on. Right. Uh, you know, they're a, they're 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 four and two versus the good. bears five and they're, one.
1: Their good is against our good. You know, yeah. they're good offense against our good defense and I'll take our defense over their offense. Ultimately, that's what we're going to face in a lot of our upcoming matchups. That's what it's going to come down to who can beat yep.
2: our defense, you know, and I don't think the Ram, I don't think the Rams can can do you. I don't think so. You know, and take a look at who the Rams have beaten so far this year, Dallas. Okay. Dallas. Uh, it, I don't know if either one of you are watching they absolutely got humiliated at home tonight, 38 to 10, by the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, so, so they're they're undefeated against the NFC East. They beat Dallas, the New York Giants, the Philadelphia Eagles, and the Washington Redskins. Well, the the Washington football team. Uh, they got beat by Buffalo, uh, who lost today to Kansas City. So they're now four and two. And they got beat by San Francisco uh, last week when, you know, San Francisco, or or yesterday when San Francisco had absolutely been humiliated at home by none other than the Miami Dolphins. So, you know, this this truly is, and Tom Brady was talking on the pregame on Westwood One today, this is truly a week-to-week year, but... You know, this is a team, despite being in L.A., this is a definitely a, a team that the Bears can beat.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, like I said, uh, J- Jared Goff, is, they've been a good D- team the last two years we played them, and they've had a lot of problems facing us. Last year when we played them, we were a team that was on a severe down slope, and we didn't have Akeem Hicks there. This year we got Akeem Hicks there. So... Uh, I feel really good about this. When you have Kilio Mack and Akeem Hicks lining up every week for you, you've got a really good chance in the game. So uh, that's what I'm looking forward to is seeing how Jared Goff does again against Akeem Hicks because two years ago in 2018, he was uh, destroying that offensive line. So, you know, I know Aaron Donald's going to give us a lot of problems on offense, you know, but you know, the bears always seem to find a way to do what they got to do. Uh, it's early right now, so score prediction would be hard to say. You know, but I definitely am leaning Bears for this week. Uh, I don't know. I'm feeling good. They're hot right now. Why not? You know, it is on the road, but there are no fans in the stands. You know, that that does play an element into, you know, a lot of different things. Pressure and third down situation, things like that, or com- coming back. You're seeing a lot of comebacks on the road from road teams. I think that has an element of... Momentum is easier to gain without fans in the stands. But uh, I feel good about the Bears. As long as they can keep an early lead, Khalil Mack be able to pin his ears back and go get them. Why not? Well,
0: last year against the Rams, the defense was able to hold Jared Goff to 11 of 18 for 173 yards and one interception. All right. And this is with Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley had a pretty good game against us. They were able to run the ball, and they scored some touchdowns on the ground. But – the defense without a team Hicks, and I believe at that point, weren't they missing Roquan as well?
2: And, and probably Trevathan, too.
0: Yeah, it was Kwiatkowski, and for sure, and I don't know if it was Roquan or not, but. This was a banged up defense that they that the Rams were facing and Mitch played so bad that he got himself benched, you know, and it was slightly injury related, but it was more performance. I mean if Mitch had been balling out, they wouldn't have benched him because of his injury, let's be honest. The injury was just the excuse. So this team I don't think the Bears are worried about the Rams at all. And I think the Rams are very much worried about the Bears because they've been dominated by this defense a couple of times. Oh
1: yeah. He's going to lose sleep. <laughs> Jared Goff yeah. sleep this week. Yes, absolutely. And that's the thing is that no, I don't you think got Jalen Johnson to worry about. You got that. You can't, you don't mm-hmm. have an escape route like Prince, right. uh, you know, all respect right. to Prince of but right. they were able to go a few places. There's less places to go to on the right. defense. Level.
0: And it's like, you, you don't just, I mean, they got some players on the Rams. Don't get me wrong, but just, Cooper Cup really scare you? Does Does Robert Woods really scare you? I don't know. I mean, I'm more worried about Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey. Like, I'm not, you know, I guess Leonard Floyd has been playing decent for them. You know, I'm not worried about the Rams offense, Our
1: offense sucks anyway right. you know, I mean, they've got great defenders and I'm sure they'll give us hell we we have hell we have a hell of a time uh, moving the ball and scoring anyway and right. as you saw last week what we're relying on is uh interception a turnover you yeah. know getting in a quick or uh, a good field position make a quick score and
0: Jared Buff will throw us the ball for sure like he's going to throw the bears two or three interceptions and just need to catch them.
1: Well, you're seeing how aggressive these corners are being on these slants, getting the ball mm-hmm. knocked up in the air. And uh, before you know it, you get a pick. That's a, I, I want to see more of that. You know, and, we're all right. We have a high expectation for this defense, uh, but Hey, why not? I, they have a high expectation for themselves. Eddie, Eddie Jackson thinks he should get a touchdown every week. Go get it. You know, I love seeing uh, well, it. they, they,
2: He's had two in six weeks. Unfortunately, they both got called back. Ridiculous. You know, the, fir- the first one, the first one was a legitimate because he went through the receiver to get the and knocked him off the off the ball. Yes, the defender has every right to a ball, but you can't go through the receiver. But last week, that was an absolute or yesterday was an absolute atrocious call against Jalen because he he reached around him. He was not early. He didn't knock the guy off of his his line to the ball. tipped the ball up. Jackson returned it for a pick six, And that was just an absolute brutal call. and in in fact, uh, uh, you know our you know, I think he's a friend of your show, Greg Gabriel, the former lead scout for the Bears, absolutely commented how pathetic. The Zebras were in yesterday's game. Yeah, they were terrible.
0: This is the thing, though, is that when you you see what happens when the Bears are able to use their pass rush the way it's supposed to with a lead, and what happens is they can then set up the other team for these turnovers. People are asking why the turnovers are not coming. It's because when the Bears are down – they have to play a different style of defense. They have to be back on their heels a little more. They can't, they're worried about not getting beat. But when you have a lead, you can do what Pagano was doing. And, and there was a couple of times where he dropped eight. you know. And so when the, when the offense is so worried about the blitz, you know what they're going to do because they start going all quick slant, quick this, quick that, and you can start jumping those routes. But you can only do that when the offense starts reacting to your pass rush. And those are the things that everybody loved about Fangio, except when we didn't love it and we bitched because Khalil Mack was back in coverage, but it's a trick. It's like, you know, it's like rope-a-dope. And so they're taking these hits, these hits, these hits of pass rush. And then all of a sudden you drop eight and the quarterback still thinks the punch is coming and he throws it short. And that's when you take, that's when the pick sixes come, but it has to happen that way. People don't understand It's, It's all interconnected.
1: Yeah. It's a chess match. You know, you're, that's how, that's how you, you know, get create turnovers is it's a constant chess match between both sides. It's definitely over my head as a fan, but you know, I'm sitting there knowing that it's just obvious that they needed a lead. 2018 bears had early leads. The defense could pin their ears back and good things happen when they, when they're able to do that this year. So they had an early lead yesterday and you saw good things happen. I mean, they made the early lead happen right away. So it's kind of like a wash in that regard. So, you know, it still happened. Yeah, that's exactly. That's all it takes. And the offense got the touchdown. Exactly. The offense got the touchdown and credit to them that they got seven and not three. And as soon as they did, then the defense was so much, you know, more dominant it's fun to see that. You know, I, it's what I want to see this week is them jump out to an early lead. Hopefully this week it's because the offense can march down the field, 12 point scoring drive, get them seven defense comes out and gets a three and out. That's, that's the recipe that we're looking for. We haven't quite got there, but like I said, to be five and one at this point and still haven't played our, uh, even close to our best football, that's a really good sign that you know, I should be coming on Bears Twitter and we should all be rejoicing. You know, it's like people still arguing. It's funny. I'm the I'm the biggest truth. I thought I was the biggest truther. I'm clearly not the biggest truth. No, because-, because everybody else
0: is doing performance art. Like it's it's just social media performance art. Like Crazy. half of these half of these people that are these truthers are like sixteen year old kids who are homeschooling. Yeah,
1: that's with, you know, I, who yeah. Who have I to do?
0: They just are trolling. Like and and everybody just needs to stop taking the bait. Like it's it's profile. You know, Trubisky's hitman two four eight. Who has 75 followers? Like, get out of here! It's just a, it's a troll. <laughs> it's probably some Packer fan who's getting people all riled up. Like, everybody needs to stop responding to these people. Unless yeah. you're an actual person, like I'm not responding anymore to Bear Fan Two Four Six Eight Nine Two Four.
1: Well, like, some people. of those people are just guys that don't know how to use Twitter, right? <laughs> I know, I know. It is. but You just gotta see how they tweet. I know what you I mean. Stop it, you right. got so many different characters out there, but it is it's funny hard. because you, you know, I agree part of it, but it is like, um, you know, I see other people that have the conversation because we're still trying to figure out this offense. Who, the chicken or the egg? Why isn't it working? Is it the quarter? Is it the quarterback? Is it the coach? Is it the offensive line? Is it all of them? Is it the scheme? And it's just like, man, just give them time to gel. Football is a game of momentum. It's a game of chemistry. You know, and you don't have to be the best team in football to win at all. You just have to get some good momentum. You need some things to fall your way. That's every you team's one right.
0: more point than the other team. Yeah, I don't
2: We've about, done a lot this about, year, worry <laughs> about building your dynasty later.
1: Just let's, they're five and one. Let's figure out, you know, they're trying to figure out how to win next week. Fans are trying to figure out how to build their di- fantasy dynasty roster. And I, I get it. I thought we had it in 2018. Like, that was well, what was so exciting about 2018. It was like, man we got this young team. They're all great. We got a quarterback. We got all that. It's like, let's go. And then 2019 was such a disappointment. So to see them get back off the mat here this year and come back to five and one, that should give everybody some excitement. When they went to three and one, you could call it fool's gold and you could still be a little, you know, you timid about, you know, going all in with this team, but at least feel good that they got off the mat. 2019 was a smack in the mouth. Some humble pie served out to everyone on that team and they've stood in there this year. uh, I've got respect for what they're trying to do. Let's, let's see if they can, let's see if they can get better. I I don't mind fans having expectations. I just think the quarterback talk sometimes is just so silly. I wanted Mitch to work out more than anybody, but who cares? Uh, Nick Foles is in now and he looks comfortable. I think that he probably has the the best opportunity to get them even higher to a higher rate of success on offense only because not because I'm trying to defend diminish Mitch's talent. Cause you know, I'd never do that. Cause I love him. He's my baby boy, mostly because Nick Foles fits what Matt Nagy's trying to do. If he could ever figure out how, he, how to do it. But I just think that Nick, you know, gets him to that goal quicker and uh, if he could ever just build a little chemistry with these guys, maybe they start scoring some more points. They don't have to score that many points. 24, 27 is going to win them 11, 12 games.
2: But I'd love to see him score 40 a couple of times.
1: They'll score so forty they'll, once, 41. I don't to know give, if we have that. The... I don't know if we have that game on the schedule this year. Normally we have like one game on the road against the bills who have one win. I don't know. I guess maybe that's going to be the Vikings
2: this year. Well, you got, you you got the Vikings, you've got Detroit at home. uh, You've got Jacksonville and, and you know, there's only three games on the schedule the rest of the way that really scare me. And that is the two games against green Bay. The in the tightness. game against, in the, there you go. In the in the, <laughs> the game against the Tennessee. One. Yeah, yeah, the Titans, you know? as
1: far as talent-wise. I, I told Jenny when we uh, when we bought the tickets that we they were just lost the Taylor game.
0: Lewin. They just lost Taylor Lewin for the season. That's a huge loss. That's a huge part of their offensive line. So, yeah,
1: that'll be a tough one. Derrick Henry, uh, Five yards or whatever that was and the corner, yeah. couldn't even catch him. Let alone, like you figure if he caught him, he would have just broke the tackle anyway. He couldn't even catch the dude. That, that's, a, that's a lot of weight moving The forward. fact that Derrick Henry
0: had to wait to get signed is crystal crazy to me. That guy is so good. Like he is, he's, he's on a, like a, you know, on a level that I don't think any other running back in the league is on. The guy that can can kill you with power, stiff arms, and has the breakaway speed. I'm not going to go so far as to compare him to Walter, but he's got a few characteristics that I think are Walter-esque, and those are the three, power, stiff arms, and can turn the corner and be gone. Like, he's something –
1: yeah, he really is. Uh, that'll be a lot for the Bears to handle that day, and that is the one spot we talk about. You know, the few spots the defense has that you can attack. Seems like they're going after screen a little bit and Jalen John trying to pick on Jalen Johnson, but they're also attacking that middle of the defensive line as far as running the ball. And if we're Derrick Henry here in three weeks, you know, that definitely scares me a little bit. So yeah, I'll be driving down there and I'm hoping for a bears win. I'm grateful. I'll be able to see a game live at, at all, but if I go down there, I want the win. They better get, especially if it's the only game I get to this year. So, <laughs> well,
2: <laughs> no I, I mean, I'm, I'm hoping that, that the uh, city of Chicago finally works some things out with the, uh, with the bears and, and allow, you know, at least 10,000 people to show up at, at a game. Uh, so it'll be, it'll be definitely interesting to see, but, but the question you know, is
1: George, is George McCaskey really motivated to get it done? Or is it too much of a hassle at this point? I know that's my question in my head because you're seeing other stadiums already doing it. You know, Lori Lightfoot has a a more restrictive policies in place in in Chicago, which definitely plays a big factor into this. But I just feel like if George was a little more motivated to, to do it, it would already be done. All these other stadiums are already doing it. I'm
2: going to disagree with you, Greg. You look at all, you look at both the jets and the Giants, they're not allowing anybody into their their stadium in East Rutherford. There's no fans allowed in uh Buffalo. Green Bay. No fans in Green Bay. No yep. fans in Chicago. No fans in LA. No fans in, in Las Vegas. So the there's ni- only the
1: Niners. Yeah.
2: You know, there are only eleven stadium in the league that are allowing any Fans and all, and that includes one. I can't remember who it was, and that was 250. A limit of 250 people that were friends and family of of the of the the team. So so that At least ten uh, where you can get you know a few thousand people yeah. in. It's if there not was a, just Chicago. Right. It's if, not if, McCaskey. McCaskey right. wants fans there. He but does. Not, he
0: he doesn't make waves. If there was a Daly in office and the, and the Hallis in charge of the Bears, there'd be fans in the stands. I can tell you that much. Like, it's just too – Yeah, con- it's just the, McCas- he- the McCaskies are very conservative.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I don't know right. if he if he, – I'm just being genuine. Like, I don't know if he's sitting there like, oh, it's too much of a hassle at
2: this point. I'm not saying that –
1: No, I,
0: just don't, I think it's a hassle for them to push back. They're not going to push it, back against the government.
2: So, so you know, this is we're kind of reaching the end of the show here, mm-hmm. Greg. But, but several episodes ago, uh, and and this was was uh, brought to light by uh, former uh, 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 announcer on the score uh, Brian Hanley, where he wrote in an article uh, about race track. Uh, in Arlington Park specifically, and he actually penned that the future of Arlington Park is to be the future home of the Chicago Bears, uh, which would be a travesty. Uh, but ironically, the Bears were thinking about moving to, to Arlington Park when they were getting ready to move out of Wrigley Field back in the early 70s late 60s um, you know there was talk uh, of uh, of some property out uh, in Schaumburg out near Woodfield Mall on uh, in Route 53 uh, some some a big parcel of land where the WGN radio tower is where they were, there was there was talk of of uh, a stadium maybe being built there you know they threw out gary indiana which was an absolute travesty back in the set before either one of you were born there was talk about about gary indiana Uh, i personally would love to see this i would love to see where all the baseball fields are in grant park So, so the the north end of the stadium butts up really close to where the Buckingham Fountain is, that parcel of property between between there, going all the way up to almost where the, so the other, the front side of the Field Museum, right. okay? Take that property and repurpose it into a state-of-the-art retractable dome stadium yes. where they could host, they could host in the, the um, uh, final four for NCAA basketball, they could host a bowl game around New Year's time. Uh, the, of course, the Bears uh, be a, an artificial turf stadium so they could have their, you know, the high school public league championship games, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And then once that stadium is built, demolish soldier field it's lost its its status is, you know for landmark uh, because of the new stadium but they could repurpose that area keep the the soldier field columns in the south horseshoe where the statue is of of, uh, of the the, uh, the the army guy I forget there's a name for him uh, you could keep all of that and and then build, uh, you know, repurpose that land for for the the park uh, that they're they're tearing up. That is is Jackson Park, and you have a stadium on the lakefront that could be state of the art for the Bears. And the, quite frankly, the Bears deserve to have a state of the art stadium like they have in Minnesota, like they have in Atlanta, and like they have in Dallas.
1: 100%, couldn't agree with you more. Uh, I used to be more, you know, stringent about tradition, but I've relaxed on that. I love the upgrades that they've done at Wrigley field. Uh, I, that's probably one that I wouldn't want them to like blow it up and turn it in. So maybe I'm hypocritical in this regard, but when it comes to soldier field, I'm ready for a totally new stadium. You know, they, they, I think this stadium has run its course. You know, it's one of the smaller capacity stadiums. It's not completely terrible. I I enjoy where it's located on the lake. I enjoy the tailgate, even though some of it you got to walk certain where I tailgate now, you got to walk a few blocks. But I enjoy the city. I enjoy the skyline in the background. I even enjoy the wind elements. But you know, change is okay too. Trying something different. You know, it's to me. When I walked into the Tottenham stadium last year, Tottenham hotspur stadium in London was one of the most amazing experiences I had ever had. And the stadium was just second to none. And the first thing I said was exactly what you said, Mike, uh, bears fans deserve this. (laughs) You know, the players deserve this, the media, you know, who deserves this. Uh, and then the amenities for the media were second to none. The players obviously was second to none. And the stadium looked cool. It had a, it had a bird's nest thing. So you still saw the sky, you know, and it, it was beautiful. They had a light show. They, they had, and then, you know, all the amenities of the concession area were amazing. And it was easy to get to the bathroom. It's like, we don't have to fight this. It's not like Wrigley. There's no Ivy it's a football field. All football fields are the same. They're all created equal. They're 100 yards, however wide they are. You know, come on. They're 120. <laughs> all right. zone. How
2: wide is an NFL football field? I don't know, but it's 120 yards long, right, at yep. the end zones. It's 165 feet, okay. 53 and one-third yards, and between the hash marks is 17 feet 6 inches. You are of infinite knowledge and that's why
1: <laughs> that's why we keep you around michael that's
2: well we appreciate i i appreciate it I'm, I'm old and gray but there's so much useful knowledge in between those six years six inches between my ears you gotta have me around
1: (laughs) (laughs) absolutely well hopefully we can get you another Bears super bowl i haven't seen one personally you you know there's good there's there's good things that come with age and you were able to be old enough to remember the super bowl i was two months old so i don't get to have that same memory and i'm still waiting on mine
2: I'm old enough to remember the 1963 championship game against the Giants. Oh, now you're dating yourself a little bit here. I was only six years old. But so the the funny thing is back in the 60s and through the middle 70s, home games in the NFL were blacked out. So even the NFL championship game in 1963... I was in the basement of my my parents' house of course I'm only 6 years old listening to the championship game on the radio wow and imagine a 6 year old kid spellbound not moving to listen to that entire game see yeah. that
1: well you know uh, now look they've rewarded you with years of frustration <laughs> well
2: now now you did get a dude, super bowl though so you dude, can't complain i, I, I got an nf i've gotten two nfl championships i've gotten one uh super bowl or i'm sorry one uh um, championship for the cubs one championship for the Sox. four championships for the Blackhawks, and and all six of them you're Bull-
1: one of those guys claiming both both baseball teams. Me and double A, we, we stay on each side of the city. <laughs>
0: you know? <when laughs> but I was so, happy when the Cubs won though. See, yeah. that's a difference I was you're very nice happy team. for them. When, and I was rooting for nice. it to happen.
2: You are when nice. when my when my dad was alive, my dad died when I was only fifteen. Okay. And so, and eight. when my when my dad was on vacation in the summertime. He worked for the Tribune Company. And if he was on vacation and the Cubs were at home, we'd go to a Cubs game. And if the Sox were at home when he when he had his vacation, we went to a Sox game. So I never grew up with the north, uh, north side, south side bias that so many people that it has elevated into epic proportions in the, in, in the two thousands. But, you know, I, when I was in my teens, there were times where, Hey, let's go to white Sox game and boom in the car, we went and we were gone. Let's go to a cub game. You could go to a cub game, you know, and walk up and buy, you know, a ticket for four bucks and, and, you know, and sit in the box seats. And it because, was overpriced at that you know, time. No, nobody, you know, because neither, neither the Cubs or the White Sox ever had sellouts back in in, in those days. I would, I would literally let's go to a let's go to a Bulls game, you know, and we would go to the old stadium and you know the drive up the day of the game, and you know for for eight bucks you could sit on the ice uh, right behind the Bulls bench. You know, it, it was insane back then. Uh, and you could just go, yeah. You know what? I'm not doing anything. Let's let's do, you know, let's just go to a, a Bulls game or a Blackhawks game or, or a. You know, it was harder to get Bears tickets, but I was a season ticket holder at the age of 16 because my I inherited the tickets when my father passed away.
1: Yeah, so, no, it, 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 I I wish that. Um... I wish that the, the the biggest thing that bugs me now about games is not being able to save your tickets. Like, did you save all your ticket stubs? I wish I going? had. Man, I saved all mine from growing up, but now you can't even get them anymore. It pisses me off.
0: One of the biggest... Isn't, 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 if you're a season ticket holder, you have the option of, of,
1: of. No, last year they were like. There was a few people. No, but just like, like I mean, they're like commemorative,
0: but they're not actually usable as tickets. I thought they'll send you.
1: I'm not. Um, sure. I know the Cubs that, do. The Cubs hmm. do, but I don't think the Bears were even offering that. And there was only a
0: few. They, they should, because there's only eight. Like if you buy season tickets, oh, yeah. there's only eight. Like so, they can't give you something. I mean, I saw the White Sox send out like a special thing for the Giolito no hitter to their season ticket holders, or whatever. It was like a special like ticket. Stub-looking, you know, piece of memorabilia, you know, like you—that's, you know, like that's a lot of games. They could do, they could do it for their season ticket holders. Like right,
1: absolutely, they should. Uh, anyway,
2: <laughs> good, good stuff. It, yeah. I I can't remember what year it was. It was either 1977, I think it was 77. Um, the Bears. The the very last game of Joe Namath's career, and Joe Namath did not finish his career with the New York Jets. He actually finished it with the Rams. The Bears played the Rams in Chicago on a Monday night, uh, and he got he got sacked. It was the last play of his NFL career, almost similar to Brett Favre's career-ending. A game up in Minnesota against the Bears, um, and years later, so we're talking 2009. An old girlfriend of mine from back then sent me a picture of the ticket stub she still has of that game. Okay, eight dollars wow. and fifty eight dollars and fifty cents. Bears, Rams. West West Side Line uh, at at about the ten yard line towards the south end zone.
1: That's crazy.
2: Eight dollars $8. and fifty cents.
1: <laughs> Wish they were going for that nowadays. <laughs> I, pay, <laughs> I paid one seventy to go to the Titans game.
2: <laughs> well, uh, you probably could have gotten a much better deal with a five percent discount at a certain <laughs> at a certain website that was show be good. not na- nameless tick our sponsors so with that that concludes our show for this week i want to thank uh our special guest greg brags greg tell us where we can find you on twitter and tell us where where we can find your podcast
1: 100 yeah i appreciate you guys having me on and i was a lot of fun talking bears celebrating on a victory monday putting a putting a, a bow on this baby and moving on to on to the next one and uh yeah you can find me on twitter that's normally where i'm doing most of my talking at g Braggs 23 and then we have our our show account at brags and stands and it's called brags in the stands you can find us on youtube or facebook or twitter and uh you know we're just having some fun over there you know uh getting ready to go in the stands here in a couple weeks as i mentioned before going to the titans game trying to bring you a look you know from inside you know at the game you know showing you the view from the fans perspective you know when we can because we haven't been able to get there yet but you know it's a video show so we try to keep the fans involved you know hear their experiences show their videos and things like that and uh you know basically talk sports that's it have some fun talk sports you know and bring on some fun guests so uh we even have a gambling segment my buddy uh johnny b is doing a great job with this gambling segment. or we're doing a duck race. He's known for these duck races where uh, these ducks, uh, you know, and you can win a prize. And it's going to be a Bears bears duck race. And uh, so it'll be a lot of fun here. So, yeah, tune in to Braggs in the States Friday night, 7 p.m. Central. That's when we do it. You can find us on YouTube and Facebook and Twitter, like I said. So what what platform do you broadcast from? So we do ours on video. It's like Sh- Zoom, but it's called Streamyard, and uh, it's it's a fun little app. You know, it's uh it's just like Zoom or YouTube TV or anything like that. But uh that's how we that's how we broadcast, and it just it just broadcasts across all platforms. YouTube, you know, Twitter, Facebook. You know, when I was over at Bear's Barroom with. Phil and and Shane. Phil was the one that you know. Well, you me, can't. You know.
2: Sorry, you can't use those names on my show. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I'm just being honest. That's how I learned. <laughs> you know, so, huh? hey, so, no, the reason that the reason I asked is, you know, that'd be something that that maybe uh, I'd like to do with this show is is br- stream it live, and then you know, Aaron, you know, adds in the commercials. He adds in a couple of uh, of audio clips. Uh, and then puts it out on on Podbean, but Streamyard is actually, and I, I'm not even sure if you're aware, I do a live pregame show with a buddy of mine called by the name of Ivan Vargas through the Sports Zone Chicago uh, site yeah, I, on on YouTube. And, yeah, I know uh, those guys. Kenneth. and uh, yeah, Sean Sierra, uh, and, and those guys. So we broadcast through their Facebook. Uh, app through the the sports zone chicago app and i and on uh on youtube so yeah uh, i've I've been on with them a couple times they're good guys yeah they're they're great and uh uh you know hopefully maybe we can have you on that show uh that's uh about an hour and a half before game time every week sure all right my friend yeah absolutely
1: sorry i didn't mean to uh you know uh go off the rails there but yeah. uh yeah, yeah no same, same platform same platform sure so um yeah like i said it's really user-friendly i'm able to play with my what i like about it is i can use my video you know i i like talking sports but i'm the guy that gets the video out and gets the good shot of the touchdown or the you know, uh, the fun shot of messing with a Packer fan. So that's what I'm trying to integrate when it comes to brags and stands, just trying to get to that point. If they ever let me back into a, a freaking stadium.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, hopefully, well, you'll be down there in, in, uh, in, in Nashville in, in a couple of weeks. And hopefully, you know, the bears are what they've, they're in car They're Carolina. Then they're at Los Angeles before they come home. And hopefully by that time, uh, they will have some type of an agreement with the city of Chicago to allow in, you know, eight or 10,000 people. So you might get your wish and just remember where to get your tickets. Absolutely. You got it. <laughs> uh, all right, my friend. Right. Aaron, any final last words? This has probably been the longest podcast we've ever had on the Halitech Hall show, but every minute. Was a, a good one with our our good friend Braggsy.
0: No, I mean you know Braggs is a runaway freight freight train, so it's easy to get going. Um, yeah, it's uh, you know whatever. We're five and one. We're in first place. That's really all you could ask for at this point in the season. Um, let's just be grateful for for this season even happening, and maybe just maybe just enjoy it. I don't know. I mean I know Twitter's not indicative of everything but, Like <laughs> No, it's not. It's okay to enjoy it people. Like it's yeah. all right, oh, you know. Tw- like Twitter. and I know sometimes and I know that sometimes people enjoy the dissection of it and that's its own that's its own thing. So I'm not saying don't criticize because like Waddle says you can walk and chew gum at the same time.
1: Exactly.
0: You know, and so this th- this team it still gets to be analyzed even as it's celebrated. let's just balance it out that's all you want Nagy to have a balance between run and pass let's have a balance between negativity and positivity and let's be (laughs) let's be more positive you know and just enjoy the fact that we're having Mm -hmm. a season and it's a season that we're enjoying because the bears are winning i mean yeah it's been kind of a you know they've been they've been painful sometimes but Whatever, man. I'm, as we've said, we should be battle tested for
2: this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so that's it. But we, we, we've got we've got this game coming up against the Rams. Uh, Green Bay has to go down to Houston, uh, and Houston absolutely let a game slip away yesterday uh, to the Tennessee Titans by not just by just not kicking an extra point instead of going for two so they would have been up by eight and they let they let the tennessee titans come down score a last minute touchdown and then win in overtime uh, then they've got to play minute the minnesota vikings but then they also have to now go down to um, san francisco so two of their their next three games are on the road and the 49ers have absolutely owned the Packers in in the last few years. So, uh, you know, we get past this game, you know, you know, we were a lot of people were hoping that that the Bears could, could just go two and two uh, in in the the second quarter, and you know they they got a good chance to go three and zero in this quarter with a win in the Rams. So with that. Uh, my name is Michael Halitech. You're listening to the Halitech Hall Podcast. Thank you to our special guest, Greg Braggs, and my co-host and producer, Aaron Torricelli. Absolutely. Have a great
0: week, everybody. Thanks, Greg. Bear down.
2: Bear, Bear down. down.